Northern Seminary and the Center for Theological Integrity. This is the pastor's table. Today's church leaders are weary and burnt out from trying to lead in the machine of corporate leadership systems. The pastor's table brings you conversations with local pastors working out deep theological convictions in their churches. Here are your hosts, Rev. Tara Beth Leach and Dr. Mark Quanstrom. Welcome to the pastor's table. I'm Tara Beth Leach, and we are on part two of a very special series on women and ministry. Many of our listeners know that this is something that is a conversation that is very near and dear to my heart because of my own lived experience. And I have a special co-host for these three episodes, uh, my, my dear friend, Bethany Hammer, who you got to meet in our first one. And today we have a very special guest. We have Maria LaCrone. Maria is a pastor in Southern Illinois. Um, she became a friend about a year ago and a partner in ministry in many ways, which we'll get to hear more about. Maria, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be with you guys. We're thrilled to have you. Now, Bethany, uh, for this project with Propel Ecclesia, Maria was the very first person you interviewed um, for this program. Can you tell tell us about that first time you met her? Yeah, so that was so cool because we had been praying and having so many conversations mm -hmm. uh, about what this could be. And then it just made it real. Mm -hmm. Like, this is happening. We're doing this. Mm -hmm. and And so... The one-on-one -on -one conversation with women happens after the acceptance uh, into the program, mm -hmm. and it's it's an opportunity to say, hey, welcome. Uh, we're really excited to have you. It's a chance for us to ask you some questions about you to make sure we're putting you in the right cohort with the right coach. But it was just really neat. I remember Maria with her headband. She always has headbands. That's oh, her right. staple. Yes. We love it. <laughs> the cutest. Yes. And she was in her office and she was just talking about her ministry position. Maria, I, I don't know if you even remember the conversation, but I got off the call and I could not stop smiling because I was like, God is going to do just such mm -hmm. a work and how humbling it is to be able to be a part of it. And so I will never forget she was my very first conversation, mm -hmm. and I've yeah. had hundreds since then. Yeah. And so, and then after graduating from the program, Maria volunteered um, uh, for our in-person summit for all of our Zoom calls. Yep. And so this has been a passion of yours as well, I'm coming alongside of women in ministry. So with that, Maria, tell us, tell us about yourself. I, I, I'm especially curious about your journey into ministry. You know, because Maria, I don't know about you, but whenever I tell people, say on an airplane or someone out of nowhere, and they find out that I'm a pastor, they look me up and down and they say, you're a pastor? So mm -hmm. you're a pastor serving in Southern Illinois, um, and you're, you're doing this, right? And so tell us, tell us how you got here. Yeah. Wow, thank you so much. And I will say um, about the interview, I had no idea I was the first interview, and I'm so glad you didn't tell me or I would have been <laughs> way more nervous. <laughs> but it was definitely a special moment and kindred spirits, and I just loved you both from the start. But, man, my start to ministry um, was not one where I felt this call and I pursued a call. Um 
I just wanted to be faithful to God and I wanted to love God and serve God right where I was. And admittedly, I did want to hide in the Mm. beginning. Um, You know a little bit of my story, but I had a crazy experience, a one in a million reaction right after having my firstborn daughter and went completely blind in both eyes. Um, It's called post-vaccination bilateral optic neuritis. Mm. And Praise the Lord, I experienced um, healing from that condition, not once, but twice. But after that, I was like wiped. I had full intentions to be a stay-at-home mom and um, just kind of take care of my nest and honestly hide. I'd been through Hmm. um, this physical trauma and we were attending uh, our local church, which I love. And I went to a Christian college, um, but... I got an education degree. Hmm. Um, And so again, didn't have any plans. And when my baby was four months old, my firstborn um, in early 2012, our lead pastor came and found me where I was serving. I think that's an important point where Mm -hmm. I was already serving, which was in the high school ministry. Hmm. And he said, Hey, we have this 16 hour a week position. Um, It's an assistant position, but I think that you would be really great at it. And I said, oh, thank you so much, but I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. I've been through a lot. I just kind of want to do this right now. And um, what ended up happening was a sweet woman in our church community offered to watch um, our daughter for free. She prayed about (laughs) it, and she said, hey, you know what? I really feel like the Lord does want me to watch your child so that you can work at the church, but um, one condition, you can't pay me. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, the Lord has opened this door. So I came on as an assistant. Fast forward a few months later, different doors were opening and um, an opportunity to um, take a children's pastor position came open. And I did that for six, seven years. And man, our lead pastor, although we are a traditional non-denominational church, truly um, was a champion of women in ministry. He Mm -hmm. would often send us articles and he would not leave room for us to guess how he felt about us. We knew that he championed um, women in ministry, which really freed me, someone who was scared and wanted to hide. And I was like, He sees something valuable in me, and he knows I'm not trying to usurp any authority. I'm literally just trying to use my God-given gifts as best as I can. Um, And so there's a lot of details I'm obviously not going into, but we became foster parents, and uh, long story short, got three infants in one year Mm -hmm. in addition to our two biological children. Much of my testimony of a woman in ministry is motherhood and ministry, which we can talk about Mm -hmm. more in a minute. But um, I did go part-time, which part-time ministry is hilarious. But (laughs) I went part-time when we got uh, five children, three of whom were babies, in foster care at the time. And I came back to our lead pastor at the time, and I said, hey, I'm like in over my head and this has been an honor to be a pastor here on staff, but can I have like an assistant job and like go hide again? And he's like, 
don't think that's what the Lord wants for you in a nutshell. He's like, what about a part-time women's pastor? And I'm like, is a part-time pastor a thing? <laughs> I also was terrified of the term women's ministry because I just think like, I don't know, cheesy doilies and bad Christmas teas. And, you know, I was just like, no, but I prayed about it, knew that was the path. And I began this role as women's pastor at my weakest point in my life. I didn't even have enough arms to feed my babies. I had a million changes going in my life. I was completely on empty. <laughs> and that is the place where the Lord began to do what only he could do. And we have this ministry called Kept Sisterhood based on Isaiah 26, 3, you keep in perfect peace all who look to you, all whose minds are fixed on you. And I just knew this anxiety epidemic that we all have experienced and do experience that Jesus does offer a real solution, but we would need to be in community. And showing up vulnerable and telling these women that I had nothing, literally the Holy Spirit since the beginning of 2019 has just been doing an incredible work in our community, but you see it all over the world too. God's just moving. Wow. And your story is uh, not unique. I find that many women stumble into ministry. Uh, so many women that I know. I, um, in, in fact, I, I probably run across more women that stumble into ministry in the ways that you described than the ones who, you know, at 14 always knew that they were going to go to, you know, go into ministry and be a pastor. And and it, it what I love so much about your story is it was born out of faithfulness. You were faithfully serving in the church um, because you loved, you loved students, you loved high school students, you loved your church, you loved the Lord, and that was your place. And what is so unusual about your story, however— is that your pastor saw something in you and called that out. And I say that is so unusual because oftentimes I think that pastors call out the gifts in other people um, from people who look like them, right? Like we're always drawn to mentor people who look like us. I mean, I will say like I have a propensity to mentor women in ministry and call out their gifts. And so it takes a lot of intentionality and obedience to the Spirit to say, God, give me eyes for your people and help me to see the potential and gifts of women and men alike. And your pastor, who is a male, um, did that for you and came alongside of you. And what's amazing to me is you were the first one to disqualify yourself um, because your imagination didn't have the capacity to see how this was possible. And I think that's really important to note because the reason that you disqualified yourself is a reason why many women disqualify themselves in ministry um, and why others disqualify women in ministry. It's yep. this family thing, right? Yep. Children, being a mother. And we know it's an incredible gift being a mother, having children. It is the greatest honor and joy of my life, the thing I'm most proud of. Bethany, you have you have three kids. Yeah, you, absolutely. You have three kids. Bethany and I, 
when we started in ministry together, um, we didn't have any kids. And then one day we were both pregnant at the same time. And <laughs> she she has three. Her Lenny is what, five? Right? Six. six. Yeah. Her youngest yeah. is six years old and her oldest is 13. I've got an 11 and 13 year old. And and here you are, Maria, with a full house, and you've di- you, you know early on you disqualified yourself, and and you know I th- I can't tell you how many times someone has even said to me, "How can you be in ministry with littles at home?" Yeah, like so it's the air that we breathe in this um, more conservative Christian culture that we're surrounded with, and so I wonder if you could to talk to us about that role of being a pastor mom, right? Because yeah. you are a mom and you are a pastor. Yep. And that's probably the question I'm asked the most by other younger women is, how do you do it? How do you do how it? How do you do it? How do you do Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah, I will say that um, in our church, which now it's like 170 years old, but at the time it would have been like 160 years old, I was the first female pastor to have to become pregnant and so there wasn't any policy on how that's handled and time mm-hmm. off stuff you know and I know about we, that yeah Tara <laughs> Beth and I actually had to write our own maternity yes. leave policy Same. and it was yeah. denied <laughs> it was denied <laughs> and we didn't get it <laughs> it was mine, very... mine was accepted I'm oh, so oh, wow praise we, God yes we are, we we are our... cheering you on in that yes we used all of our vacation days it was lovely <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so you get it yeah uh-huh. that was me I was like I have no model yep of, you know, someone who's done this. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it's just time for me to be done. I'm on the second kid. So I guess now I just go home and call it a day. This was a nice run, you know, and I told our lead pastor that at the time. And he knew I was sort of like always on the verge of quitting because mm-hmm. of the motherhood thing. I just couldn't, I didn't have a piece about it largely because I didn't have anybody to look to that was you know, oh, they've done it. Oh, they've mm-hmm. made it. Um, but I did. I wrote my own policy. He approved it and it was fine. Praise the Lord. And just child by child by child by child, I kept staying in it. But man, even just a year ago, when I'm well over a decade into this pastoral role, um, the Lord spoke the word merging to me Hmm. about motherhood and ministry um, because he kept calling me to more with motherhood. And so in every season that he's done that, I've held it before him and said, okay, I hear what you're asking me to do and and my responsibility in motherhood, but what does that mean for ministry? And he said, merging, merge them. Yes, they are your first disciples, but Mm. include them in this beautiful local church work that you get to be a part of. Let them see up close and personal the joy of a woman living out her purpose, both at home and in the local church. And man, I mean, I could weep about this and you guys could too, because you know, it is never easy. Like there's not one easy day as a mom in any role, um, mm-hmm. but I'm what I know is being a pastor and a mom. And there's not, it's not easy to bring the kids to church. It's not easy to find childcare arrangements when you have to. It's not easy to prep when you've got loud things going on in the background. But when you take the intentionality to go that extra mile, 
God gives you the grace to take each next step. And I feel like my husband and I are in this season where we're finally seeing some of that fruit with our children where who knows if I would have bowed out and isolated at home, what would have happened, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, we're all determined not to have like the pastor's kids who hate the church. We can't control that, but I want to foster love and freedom and joy and just parents living out their purpose. Cause my husband is a pastor too. So, um, yeah, motherhood and ministry, I think can be actually your greatest asset that you bring to the table Mm. to the local church. I don't think you have to buy the lie that it is a hindrance. Motherhood is, is an asset. And I, I see that in both of you and in the roles you play. Well, and I would also say, Maria, one thing that I heard you say earlier was that this woman came to you and said, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And family and motherhood, it, it's about community, right? That's we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so what you allowed for your child to experience was another Christian mother mm-hmm that was able to be with your child. Mm -hmm. And it was just probably just as much of a gift to that woman as well. And I know, you know, for myself, with my kids, my I'm fortunate enough that my mother in law was able to to watch my kids. And it's cool to just see the bond that they have and the memories that they made that I I get to make memories with them too. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be 24 seven. So it's okay that other people are speaking into my kids lives because that's actually right. a bigger okay. blessing, yes. right? Because yes. there's going to be times my kids aren't going to want to come yes. to me. So you're creating, uh, you're widening the circle yes. of influence exactly. on your children. As you were talking, Maria, I, I couldn't help but think about um, the story when Mary and Joseph lose Jesus. And I always find it somewhat comical. Not only did they lose the Son of God, which is just stunning, but they didn't even realize that he was missing for two whole days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember one time I was at Disneyland and I lost Noah. He was probably four years old. I lost Noah for four minutes and it was sheer panic. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, I just want to stop for a second and also say that we were at Disney together and we wa- when we lost Caleb. Oh, right. So, so now yes. we have a Noah and a Caleb. Yes. Both of your kids have been I, lost at Disney. I, I, yes. But you're a great mom. Uh, yeah. You are. You are a great mom. If Mary lost Jesus, it's fine. I wish y'all could have seen her face right there. It's so great. It was so sincere. It is sincere. You are a wonderful mother. Yes. Uh, But, you know, it, it took two days for them to realize that Jesus was missing. That's amazing to me. And what that communicates to us is the reason why they didn't realize he was missing for two whole days is because they entrusted that he was safe within the family of God. Yeah. They knew that that Jesus was under the care of his spiritual parents and aunts and uncles and grandparents and that he was safe as they were traveling along. And I I believe that as as parents um in ministry we have got to trust and entrust this incredible gift that God has given us within the family of God. And that when we are serving the Lord through preaching or teaching or leading, 
we aren't abandoning our children. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there is something to be said. I think that if we're away from our children all the, all the time, that's one thing. But but we're not abandoning our children. We are giving them the gift uh, to experience discipleship and faith development within the entire family of God. So thanks for sharing that story of merging. I I've, uh, I remember reading Nancy Beach's book, uh, Gifted to Lead, uh, when I was pregnant with Caleb, my firstborn. And she said in, in one of her chapters on parenting and ministry, she said, ministry doesn't have to stop. It just looks different. Yep. And so I love that that is the word that, that God has given you. Yep. So we talked about at the beginning of this that you you kind of stumbled into ministry mm-hmm. and you've had the incredible gift of of a lead pastor believing in you and calling out the, those gifts. At the same time, Maria, I would imagine that you have encountered some challenges along the way uh, because of your gender. Could you share some of those roadblocks or challenges that you've experienced along the way? Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, I think, uh, and we know Ephesians 6, it's not a battle of flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. There's principalities that yes. do not want women in ministry. Yes. Um, but on the flesh level, it's interesting to me that some of the people in my case who've made those agreements with the enemy um, are women. There's mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. women who do not want or envision Mm -hmm. women in ministry or it becomes this weird competition thing or, oh, she must think she's so great. She's just platform hungry or whatever. Mm. And right, not saying that never exists, but man, Mm. for someone who would prefer to isolate and hide could not be further from the truth, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so that's been hard. I, I think that through the years, I made assumptions about, you know, who would always be for me or always be in my corner, no matter what. And it just doesn't always play out that way. Mm -hmm. If we put those expectations on people and don't keep our focus on the call of God, we will be really hurt and potentially flounder if our focus stays there. I mean, that quote is maybe overused, but it's so true that if you live by their praise, you will die by their criticism. Mm. Um, And, you know, I can think of plenty of times of little snide comments that have been made about, especially me, I'm a women's pastor, right? So people are like, oh, well, it's okay because it's a, a woman speaking to women. But if you start getting um, me on certain platforms with different crowds, you hear different voices start to say things. And it's up to me how I let that land. Mm -hmm. And anymore, I'm just like, God knows my heart. God gave me any good gift that you see in me. And I'm not responsible for how you receive that. Um, But I think for me some I think I expected men to make jokes and you know not always want women to advance in ministry I don't think I expected it to also come from women now God has given me a heart for those very same women because it's insecurity they don't Mm -hmm. they they don't have like you always say that imagination they don't have that imagination for their own life Mm -hmm. 
Um, and he hasn't called them to the exact same thing, but I was not prepared for some of the judgment from women, whether it be, I need to stay home with my kids or simply you shouldn't be in ministry. Leave that to the men. Are you trying to climb some ladder? Um, you know, so I just really value those friendships who let me be me mm-hmm. and yet still champion whatever ministry looks like here in the local church um, without me having to, you know, just have any weirdness about it. Mm-hmm. I remember, Tara Beth, there was a season where we were in conversation and you had, you said, and I'll never forget this, there's enough room around the table. Mm-hmm. And and that is true because even, I mean, I'll tell you that I have insecurities. I mean, we all have insecurities. And so, um, and being on a team with Tara Beth too, and, and seeing her lead in so um, a miraculous ways and just seeing the anointing on her, I had a choice in that moment to, to be jealous by that and let that drive insecurities within me or champion her and the anointing and what God is doing in her life and how he is using her. And and it reminds me too of just that that space to say, you are chosen. Mm. Every yeah. one of us is chosen mm. for a specific purpose. Yeah. And not yeah. one of those is greater than the other. So yeah. whatever that looks like for each individual woman, let's champion mm-hmm. one yeah. another in that mm-hmm. instead of have those insecurities that, like you said, that the enemy just tries to get in there and teach us these lies. And mm. it's like, no, in my time with solitude and silence with God, he reminds me mm-hmm. of the calling yep. that he has and how yeah. I am chosen. You are chosen. Terabeth is chosen for a specific purpose. Mm. Yeah, mm. that is a powerful word. And, you know, I think that's what's so powerful about three women talking about women in ministry um, at a table together, because oftentimes we are used to being in rooms of, of all men right, in ministry, at least I am. And and so what that's done to us and to our imaginations is it's told us that there's only room for one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's only room for one, one gifted woman. And oftentimes in more um, evangelical churches, there's that notion that um, you can only have one gifted woman on staff, one gifted preacher, not more than one, because then that'll, that'll upset the, um, the balance, you know, that that churches want. And so so we fight for that one. Mm-hmm. And here we are, three women sitting at a table, yeah. creating space for one another, encouraging one another, which is why we created Propel Ecclesia. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We wanted women to find yeah. one another. So Maria, so as we said at the beginning of this episode, we met you through Propel Ecclesia. Something yeah. drew you to that. There was there was something in your heart that you knew that you needed as a woman in ministry. Could you tell us about that? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, the saying leadership is lonely and Mm -hmm. I would, that's even more so when you're a woman, right. And, um, it's just so many times that you want to bow out because it feels like there's just no community. There's just nobody who gets it. Everybody either judges or views me as their leader. There's just no like cheering each other on peer relationship or mentor. A lot of even female pastors have a really hard time finding a mentor, you know? Um, 
And so I knew that was a desire and had been of mine for a really long time. And I had been to something called Day of Ministry for Women in Ministry that um, Chris Kane's ministries had put on before. So, and I loved it. So because of that, I sort of trusted anything that was put out um, by them. And then I saw this opportunity come up. And I remember um, sitting in the parking lot at our church with another girl who um, applied and was in the cohort with me, Sweet Brooke. And I remember sitting there, I was like, you know, I've been praying about this, but all of a sudden I, I just feel like I've got to get in this program. Like it's very strong. Like I know we've been praying hmm. about it and I don't know why, but like we have to finish our applications and get them in. Like we're supposed to be in this. But I had no idea really what it was other than mentorship and community. It's like, say less, you know, I'm there. And um, I think when the leadership is praying for the Holy Spirit to draw the right people, when the people applying are praying for the Holy Spirit to guide them, he just does what he does so good. And, um, you know, (laughs) one of the stories I was going to tell, too, that also correlates to hard times in ministry is I have wondered through the years what authority do I have? Hmm. You know, even from the Lord, like wow. lay the lay the um, arguments of people and the enemy down. What does the Lord actually say? Because wow. I just need clarity on that, you know. And um, when we showed up to the summit, which is our in-person event with Propel Ecclesia, um, Tara Beth had written a word for each of the people in her group and slid it under our hotel room door. And um, I picked mine up and it said the word authority. Hmm. And and Brooke's laughing because she knows like my lifelong struggle with like trying to hide, but yet there's this God-given authority, you know? And I was in in a really sweet car, felt touched by the Lord. I'm in a hurry trying to get ready and get out the door. Do you ever do those like quick Bible reads where you're like, I haven't read my Bible yet, but I want to get a little. <laughs> I never in. do that. Never. <laughs> so I was like, probably something from the Psalms, you know, it just rolls off the tongue. So I planned on doing a quick little Psalm or something, but I just paused and I was like, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to read? You know, I have short amount of time. And I heard Matthew 10. I had no idea off the top of my head what was in Matthew 10. This is minutes after I received that card and I opened Matthew 10 and the first verse says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. And if you knew even more details of the story, you would know how significant that is in my life for many reasons. But there was that word again, authority and propel ecclesia truly, I mean, shout out for Tara Beth's book, Emboldened, but truly emboldens women that you don't have to shrink back in your God-given calling. It doesn't mean you're not humble just because you're filling your space on the earth and using your voice. And, you know, I just told um, the women here in my local church last weekend, we had a gathering. I'm like, darkness is not hiding so why are we like, mm, and, wow. and I was referencing the Proverbs 31 woman. I'm like, you know, what part is the most amazing to me and impressive out of that? 
is the part that says she laughs without fear of the future. Because I know a lot of entrepreneur women. I know a lot of women who get up early and who take care of their families. I don't know very many women who laugh without fear of the future. But the only way we can do that is in community and with mentorship. And don't be scared to be corrected because that's part of mentorship. And both of those are offered through Ecclesia. <laughs> Um, are, is there still time to sign up when this airs? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I yep. think so. I think this, this is the is last week. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the August first is the deadline for this next round. Yeah, which and week? we're we're leading up to that week with this episode now. Yeah, and so there's time. I'm telling you, do not pass up the opportunity if you hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, because from start to finish. You know, they joke a lot. Oh, it was being built in the air because we were the first fruits. We were the first year, right? But from start to finish, you could tell it was the Holy Spirit guiding it and that the people in leadership had surrendered their gifts to the Father. And I mean, I'm changed forever. Mm -hmm. And I get to know you guys now, Mm -hmm. too. So sign up. And we get to know you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's, It's a gift. That's one of the things that's so incredible incredible about Propel Ecclesia is it's mutually edifying, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. I, I learn from these women. I grow from these women. And the the work that God has done and me and my heart uh, over the last year since launching this program has been game-changing, mm-hmm. has been game-changing. I, I'm part of a whole network of women across America and really the world of yep. women who... who <laughs> sound like me when they preach, right? Like, yeah. I mean, to hear another woman's voice, um, to yeah. hear about the similar challenges that women are going through, um, to hear that I'm not alone and to learn from other women is a gift. Well, and to have a safe space to have those conversations mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. because when you're pastoring, you can't have them with your congregation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Huge. Yeah. Maria, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing so vulnerably your story. I know that there is a woman, female pastor out there, a woman in ministry somewhere out there um, that that I pray feels less alone today. Mm-hmm. And I pray also that there is a brother listening today um, who who is better informed and equipped to come alongside of his sisters in ministry. And so friends, thank you so much for listening to the pastor's table. As always, if this episode blessed you, um, and and you want to share that 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 is always an encouragement to us to know that this um, podcast series is is making its round. And so, if you know of a woman in ministry out there that that would be blessed by this, we we hope that you would share that. And you can join the conversation at thepastorstable.com. And so, friends, until next time, may God bless you in this work in which we are called. And may God embolden you to proclaim his good news. May God propel you to do his work with joy and with power and with authority. Until next time, my friends. The music on this podcast is Radiant Church by 1111 Worship. And the podcast is produced by Chaz Robbins at Hope Story Media.
that follows through.